Be rude. Hey, Pech, did that woman really say you have garnets of steel and a mind like a freaking laser? Mary, you can't be asking questions like that. This is Inside the Eye Prime Time. Why not? Aren't we broadcasting from the Middle East? Well, yeah, but we might be seen as being politically incorrect. You know, the problem is everybody dumps people when there's a, like a sign of a political incorrectness. Echan, you're always politically correct. Heck, thanks. Does, does that mean we can talk about dumping the Israelis tomorrow? Oh, I'm sure you will probably say quite a bit more than that. And now coming to you live from somewhere in the Middle East, this is Inside the Eye Live Primetime with your host, The Fetch. All right. Thank you very much for that, Mary. From Riyadh, the capital of Saudi Arabia, this is indeed The Fetch, and you are indeed listening to Inside the Eye Live Primetime. Today's date is Thursday, April the 15th, thousand and twenty. Two and a good Thursday afternoon, early evening to all of you listening out there in the United States and Canada. And a good late Thursday to early Friday morning to all of you listening in European and Asian time zones. And of course, wherever you are listening out there on the World Wide Web or our FM and micro FM broadcasting outlets, may all be well with you and yours. Another hot day. It's kind of like getting close to summer, it seems, here in Riyadh. Uh, 96 degrees was the high. Under surprisingly cloudy to hazy, mostly cloudy skies today. A little bit of uh, drops of rain in the early, early morning. Destroyed everybody's cars, you know, just got all this kind of mud caked everywhere. But other than that, it was a, a warm day. I guess not hot, 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 but uh, certainly hot still, 96 degrees. Temperatures uh, stayed there throughout most of the afternoon. And then what you had is the, a, a big breeze, so we had a, a kind of like dust in the air. It wasn't the nicest of days, to say the least. I like the wind, though. I'm a, I'm a big wind guy. I don't think I like winds to the to the level of a tornado, you know what I mean? But I like just a nice, constant, dusty, not dusty, but breezy day. And we would have had that here if there weren't any dust. It was just too much dust in the air, though. So my house, I can feel it. It's caked on. It's not caked, but I feel it. I'm going to have to get the mop out and really dust this place tomorrow. It's pretty bad. Anyways, temperatures right now, just after 1 o'clock in the morning, is, what, 80 degrees, something like that. And we're going to be going down to an overnight low of 77 degrees. We're going to turn around and then do it all over again. You know, here in Riyadh and, of course, everywhere else in the Muslim world, it is uh, Ramadan. And Ramadan is, of course, a... Uh, I guess it's their the Muslim face time to, to to I guess identify with those who are less fortunate. So what they do is they will fast all day, starting from sun up to sundown. And for the most part, here in Saudi, generally, actually in most of the Muslim world, don't let your press fool you. It's generally a festive time. They're they're really cool here. For me, anyways, they still serve me coffee in the morning. I don't eat anything during the day, but I don't eat much end of the day anyway. So they still serve me my coffee and bring me water. They don't take it all that serious. They like to joke with me a little bit, but uh, it's all in good taste and, and fun. I, but uh, it's been a nice, relaxing time. You know, where I'm at, uh, they're starting like at 10 o'clock in the, in the morning. <laughs> Talk about a lazy day. Going home at 4 o'clock. And that's your day, man. So you try to squeeze what you can into those six hours, but uh, everybody's lazy, not a lot going on, not a lot of people coming in for sales and things like that. For the most part, the governments, they're not shut down, but they're certainly not working at a high capacity either. So it's just very, very relaxing, very, very peaceful. Now here in uh, 
Now, the Philippines, if you want to go to the Philippines, they're going to be actually celebrating the Ramadan holiday tomorrow and the next day. So it's going to be a couple of days off for those folks over there equally. So things on the, I guess on the, the Ramadan, let's say, celebratory front, it's much better than it was certainly two years ago when we were actually in a lockdown. We were not allowed to go beyond five kilometers of our house. Back then, I actually went out twice driving around and ended up getting stopped at no less than three different checkpoints, and I did not have my papers. I did have my passport, but I did not have my papers, and I thought, you know, this just isn't worth the risk, so I stayed home during Ramadan a couple of years ago. It was actually pretty pretty dour, and last year wasn't all that much better, a little bit better, but this year it really has been much, much, much better. The people are much more relaxed. The COVID pandemic here is pretty much being swept aside. Most of the operations out there, retail stores, etc. I don't know about the banks and places like that because I don't go to them, or the government buildings or the hospitals, but they're not asking for your QR code health passports anymore for the most part. If they do, I just don't give them any business. So, you know, ask away if you want. I'm just gonna not going to do business with you. And it kind of cracks me up when you got these little tiny restaurants asking you for your your QR your QR health passport, and when you think about it, how stupid is this? Really, we are dealing with an elite construction that is so insanely childish that you have to wonder just how the hell these people actually digress to this level of intellect. But fortunately, here things are improving. Now, around the world, things are slightly improving. I won't say they're getting better. But they are slightly improving. If you go to Greece, for instance, Greece now is becoming the 30th country out there to now drop 100% of their health, I guess, I don't know, health emergency, whatever you want to call it. It was never really an emergency. But now Greece has become the 30th country to remove all entry-level requirements. There's no vaccine requirements or testing requirements if you want to enter Greece by May the 2nd. However, Greek health officials are pretty much hinting that this is a summer season opening, and so they are getting ready to do some more testing on travelers. Uh, Or they're saying here they are planning on bringing back the COVID rapid test requirements for unvaccinated travelers depending on the country's health status come September. So again, they're going to keep that open through September. They're going to let you come in, not harass you, not abuse you like some countries like the Philippines likes to do. So the health minister stated again that Greece is not ignoring the pandemic. There is no pandemic. What you have now, today, is just tons and tons and tons of vaccine damage from this stupid quack quack scene or whatever you want to call it that all the health ministries around the world uh, rolled out so again there is no pandemic it's just a bunch of cowards in the health department trying to put themselves into everybody's lives by essentially holding people back from just living their lives here anyways we're looking for more countries to open but so far we are only up to 30 countries now And I'm not sure what the other two were. It was 27 or so just a couple weeks ago. Uh, Let me see if I can find that list here. 
In case you want to travel, guys, uh, go to these countries. Uh, what the heck? Reward them for at least opening up. In fact, you can come to Saudi now without any vaccine requirements. Just uh, basically go online, get your uh, get your visitor's visa, and you could actually come. Uh, it's not like China, where essentially they're going absolutely insane, literally insane in Shanghai with the way we see people literally jumping off of the buildings. Uh, riots in the street now, not necessarily riots, but massive amounts of protests. The, the docility that you see in China is absolutely insane. You know, you will see thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people lined up, crouched down, and you got these idiots, literally freaking idiots, walking around in full hazmat suits, checking everybody's QR codes on their t- on their phones to make sure that they're even allowed to be outside. Now, if you really think that that is the way to put your society, man, you really better think again. It's like not that bad here, but for for a while here, it was pretty close to that bad. You know, that QR code thing was taken so seriously. It wasn't the police that were enforcing this or any health officials running around like China has right now in their, basically their Halloween suits, pretending everything is so dangerous. What you had here was just the people self-policing themselves, making life miserable. So again, you are, you know, to those of you who are living in really good areas, that's great. Happy for you. Keep it up. Let's spread the word. Get this thing to spread out to essentially put this, really this beast to bed. You know, some interesting developments coming out of the the vaccine story here is this idea, and again, I don't know, but it's being carried by people like Stu Peters. Some of you say he's uh, okay. Some say he's a little questionable, and I get that from both parties. But they're saying that there may be some basically snake venom in this thing. And one of the operative elements of this vaccine is snake venom and what the snake venom is doing according to one doctor i was listening to it uh, deactivates this uh, ace2 receptor and essentially allows the mrna to get into the cells and then essentially start to rewrite the code to the body so that's again and that's a very interesting development if that is indeed what's happening apparently snake venom does have a lot of this uh adverse reactions to, let's say, the heart, the lungs, and places like that. Now, we do know that the mRNA has got a lot of more, a lot more, let's say, dangerous elements to it. It's a very deadly, dangerous product. It should have been pulled from the market years, really within the month of its being released. Trump's vaccine, it was Trump's vaccine back then, was dangerous from day one. It should have been literally pulled from the market. But no, this has been an ongoing now crime against humanity really stretching across the whole globe. And whether or not we can defeat this beast, it's going to remain to be seen, but clearly we are going to have to do something because if you want to live like they're doing in China right now, uh, again, just uh, it it ain't fun, guys. It's not fun. We did it kind of here, and it was not a lot of fun. Still, I don't go into a lot of places because of that QR code system. Uh, It's much better now, quite frankly, but I don't go into places. If you ask me for it, I will turn you down. I will not do business with you. So, and the same goes with countries. Don't reward any country that is that is if you have the means and are able to travel or need to travel. For the most part, do not reward countries that are still playing what I call the COVID game. Just stop doing it. I know my colleague. He went to Thailand a couple of weeks ago, and he had to do 
all of these jumps and hoops to go through. He wasn't able to confirm everything from the government in Thailand up until about five hours before his flight. What a nightmare that was and the stress he had to put himself through. When he got there, he actually ended ended up he staying in one of the hotels they're recommending, ended up getting what he claimed, you know, basically would be like a flu cold, not cold, but a very severe flu respiratory problem where he was having trouble breathing, coughing, uh, high fever, and all of his family is saying, go to the hospital, go to the hospital. He's like, screw that, man. We all know the game at this stage. Hospitals are dangerous. The doctors are dangerous. It's full of corruption, full of fraud. He actually just stayed in his hotel room for four days just trying to recover in Thailand. So he did not have what we would call a great productive trip. He was supposed to visit numerous factories. We tried to warn him, just don't go, man. Don't reward these countries that basically abuse you to come into their country. I think uh, the Philippines is open to tourists, right? And of course, being an expatriate, I would love to get out. I would love to go. Right now, you need three jabs, apparently, if you're inside the system to leave this country. So you are held hostage, literally, in Saudi Arabia if you do not have three jabs. Not so the case for us expats, but for a citizen or for somebody under the residency laws of this country, uh, you would be basically, I believe, unless unless I'm wrong, you're basically held hostage. You're not allowed to leave the country unless you submit to three jabs. And even in this country now, everybody's starting to come to the conclusion that that third jab is exceedingly dangerous. I know probably now upwards of four people personally, personally that have been damaged by this vaccine of course you're not going to get the health ministries to do any research i mean it's their experiment right you'd think they'd want to do a follow-up on their experiments since they're the ones requiring the experiment and but they don't do it they just try to deny everything but i do know people that were just fine Big problem here is uh, stomach problems, uh, menstrual problems for the women. Huge problem. I know two women now that are basically, their hemoglobin has fallen down to dangerous levels and they're actually having to take some type of medical invasive action just to try to bring their hemoglobin levels back up. So you can't tell me that this is not a healthy, good product. Of course, you know that. We all know that. But uh, now we do know multiple people that have problems. And when you extend it to just talking to family and friends and people of that nature, it it's out to 10, 12, 15 people now. And that's a huge number when you think about it. It's like everybody in the kingdom here now knows somebody suffering from either mild to acute problems with this vaccine and we do not i want to repeat again to date we do not have the reports of deaths that you have let's say in the united states in the united kingdom in the philippines and some other countries we do not have that i i would not be fair to say we did but i can say that we do have a huge problem with this various acute to uh, mild you know, nagging health issues relative to the vaccine. So hopefully over the next uh, two, three months, we can continue to push back against this and try to get some level of normalcy back into the world. You know, there's a an interesting thing about China is that they are a huge manufacturing com- country. And 
Myself, who does factory planning, I do many things, guys, but one of the things I do is is really to support what's called the 2030 Agenda. And if you don't know what 2030 is, it is for all of us nationalists out there, it is the way we should be working. It is a comprehensive plan to essentially create an economy that supports the job opportunities for Saudi nationals. What it that is, it's, a, it's essentially a series of professional training. Uh, let's just say both, let's say it's service, manufacturing, etiquette, you name it. Just $10 billion go into professional training here. And then after the professional training, of course, then there's teaching how, how to do things like in a manufacturing world. If you're going to try to create a manufacturing base for your country, you need to have dedicated and qualified staff to do that. Now, nowadays, they pull all their staff from all over the world. What they would like us to do is start to get the Saudis to be more and more educated in just what to do on the factory floor or, let's say, in management positions to better run their factories. Now, they're doing a good job, but again, 2030 is a comprehensive plan to put as many Saudis to work as possible to essentially wean the country off of this global, let's say, this go- the uh, oil economy. Now, that's a far cry from what you see happening in the United States right now where you sell everything off, UK, France. Germany's not quite selling everything off, but they're going to be starting to see huge problems with this gambit in Ukraine. We'll get into that a little bit later. But anyways, for nationalists, that's how we should be doing it. We should be supporting our local people, supporting our citizens for jobs, not to hand it out to the expatriates like the Indians and the whoever else might be taking jobs from qualified Americans. Okay, that's just how it should be, and that's how it is here in Saudi. So there's a lot of good things going on still. The real issue remains the COVID thing. This is a globalist nightmare. Actually, it's a globalist wet dream. It's a nationalist nightmare. And to think that a country so dedicated to nationalist policies would embark and really run up the red flag and do everything the WEF, the WHO, Bill Gates, and whatever else Big Pharma wanted, uh, this absolute capitulation by the nationalist forces here in the, you know, by chasing after globalism, it's, it just shocked to no end. Frankly, it's a country that's strong enough to fight back against some of this globalism. They didn't do it. They sacrificed a huge number of their population. We will see what happens over the next one, two, three, four years because we all know that this, the dangers of this vaccine are not going to go away. Your body is not going to recover. Once that genetic code gets in, it's going to just continue to destroy your body over time, and there's nothing that any health official can tell me otherwise. Go ahead. You can try, guys. Prove it to me. Prove it to me. Don't just say, well, we think they're safe. With all due respect, that's not a good reason. So nonetheless, the COVID thing we hope is going to be ending here. You can travel here. We're hoping that this country will completely drop everything before the summertime. We're not banking on it. We're not counting on it. But we've seen great progress here relative to the shift in government speaking. In fact, there is so much shift in government thinking here that this past week we saw something absolutely unheard of in Saudi society. And what that was was a skit on a national television show that literally made fun of regime in charge, resident in charge Biden and Kamala Harris. 
Now, this would be unheard of, frankly, in the Middle East relative to an ally as a Saudi or let's say a Jordan or something like that. You would never see this level of mockery and satire aimed at a U.S. president. But that is exactly what we saw this week. Made somewhat of the social media here, and actually it made it out into the world where people were actually talking about it. And then it got back into even my feeds back here in Saudi Arabia. And the skit kind of just talked a little bit about or went on and on about, let's say, see if I can even get this thing for you. Uh, yeah, here it is. But basically, it's Biden and Kamala Harris, and Biden is trying to talk, and Kamala is constantly correcting the guy. So it shows basically Kamala Harris with some American flags. These are cheap American flags, by the way. We have to go talk to Saudi television, get them some good flags. But, but uh, it shows basically Kamala leading Biden to the podium, and then Biden starts to talk. Thank you very much. Today, we're going to talk about the crisis in Spain. Yeah, we're going to talk about the crisis in Africa. Yeah, Russia. Yeah, Russia. And I want to talk about the president of Russia, yeah, Putin. Yeah, Putin. Putin, listen to me. I have a very important message to you. The message is... And the president of China... Oh, I didn't finish Russia? No, sir. Thank you to correct me, first lady. <coughs> Thank you very much. God bless you. And God bless... Thank you all. Hallelujah. Clap to your president. Clap to your prison right now. Yeah. So essentially, you've got this uh, this Biden guy. He can't get a, a single line in, can't finish a single sentence. And literally to see this on uh, national Saudi television just shows you the layer of I don't know if you want to call it disrespect or the layer of it's mockery, of course. But there's you know, there's something, guys, going on when you have a country like Saudi Arabia making this layer or level of mockery towards a U.S. president. It's unheard of, frankly, for this thing to happen in a country like this. So there's clearly something going on behind the scenes. Uh, let's run out. We got two minutes. Hi, 909 Eric Code. Hi, welcome to Inside the iLive Primetime. Well, hey, this is Andy in Texas. Andy, hey, hi. How, how you, you doing, doing Fetch? You know, I'm hanging in. It's uh, 1.30 in the morning, as best I can do at 1.30 in the morning. How's that? Oh, good <laughs> grief. You're not drinking coffee because you'll be up a lot later than that. Yeah, it's <laughs> just water here right now. <laughs> Hey, so are we to believe that the United States, Europe, Canada, and Australia, we're doing most of the crackdowns, and the United States is kind of mild right now, but are we to think that these people are that retarded that they think they could go after a one-world government and not have Russia and China back in them? You see what I'm saying? It's like, how are we going to get a one-world government if these people aren't playing a role right now? And there is some evidence that both of them are playing a role right now. I mean, the the pictures we're getting. Okay, well, somebody apparently didn't want him to talk. Or maybe I lost my... Okay, are you there? 
Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, because I lost you. I don't know if I lost you or the studio lost me. One or the other. Yeah, no, I, you actually jumped off. You actually jumped off a little bit there too. Okay, so. well, you know. No, my my point is is my point is is though. How, I mean, they're talking about a new reset and this, that, and the other. Are they just going to reset everybody except for China and Russia, or have they both been reset already? There's a lot of confusing things coming up here. You know that song from Genesis, "The Land of Confusion." Boy, are we in it! Uh, I think it was Phil Collins, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I, I mean, th- that's true. No, I mean. Seriously, I mean, there's a lot of questions to be answered. I mean, we've seen uh, Ukraine bombing their own people. We've I've heard interviews with these people. Hopefully the translation was right, but they looked pretty sincere, saying, no, they were hoping Russia would come and liberate them because they're being bombed by their own you, their own people and stuff. You can, <laughs> Andy, you can stay in over the break, but we are going into a break, so it's the fetch. Inside oh. the, in, you can stay over if you'd like. Inside the iLive primetime every Everybody back with more right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's the Fetch inside the I Live Prime Time again. It's Thursday, April the fifteenth, two thousand and twenty-two. Good Thursday afternoon again to all of you, and early evening, I guess, to whoever's listening out there in the United States and Canada. And just want to say hello in the chat room, real quick. If you want to join us in the chat room inside the iLive dot com. And then you click on the live chat button. That gets you in the door there. Telephone lines are open. 323-275-1314. And you can call in and do just what Andy has done from Texas, spoofing us from Southern California. Hi, Andy. Welcome. Whoops. 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 Hold on. Let me can- cancel that. Huh? Uh, let me um, <laughs> bring Andy up now. Hi, Andy. Welcome back to Inside the Eye Live. We were discussing before the break where you believe that essentially China and Russia are playing their role in what is essentially a globalist great reset. You want to elaborate a little bit more on that? Well, I'm not essentially saying that. I'm saying perhaps they are or mm. perhaps they're not. Correct. This is where the confusion comes in. Okay. So, I mean, we're, we're they're talking about this great reset, and here it is, and, and we're going to do this now. We saw that World Economic Forum, not the forum, but the world now for a new world order thing, whatever the lady talked about, all that new digital money, blockchain money and stuff. No, it's not like uh, Bitcoin or whatever. We'll have better idea of where everybody's money goes all the time. That way we can monitor. Well, what the heck? So first off, is this all just rhetoric? Do these guys really think they have a system in spot where they can actually do this to us? Or is it just really our stupidity that lets, that's going to let this come in? Is it, which one do you think that is? Well, or is it both? I, I don't think people are so stupid, at least not in Europe. Europe is out literally in the streets in the tens of millions right now fighting against this. There's just no coverage on the main, let's just say, the fake news which unfortunately controls our legacy airwaves. So it's not stupidity. There's a ton of uh, pushback against this. The problem is is that there's no organized way at least to defeat it. Everybody's just out there on the streets screaming no, no, no. But there has to be literally some type of structural plan that that pours into the system of decision-making and ensures that these people behind this globalist takeover are either a eliminated through the system or they are legislated out in other words i don't care if they're they're eliminated through trials meaning for crimes against or treason because what they're advocating for is a anti 
let's just say, an anti-nationalist position or a globalist position, making them essentially serving a foreign enemy at this case. So if you had a strong enough national base, you could actually try these people for treason. We've learned that now. Look what they're doing to the J6 protesters. All it really takes is the ability to, I guess, uh, project law onto somebody else, have that type of power. So that's the issue. I don't think it's in America, maybe so, in Canada, maybe so, but the Canadians are uprising. But again, the issue is they are going to push this through regardless at the this hyper-elite level, and, and there has to be some ramifications uh, to those people to let them know that uh, if you want to put people into economic terror, you'll be dealt with as a terrorist accordingly, and that message is not getting out. Well, but the thing is, with the uh, with the American people right now, we've been appeased. We haven't seen our athletes drop over. You know, we only all, all we saw was Deion Sanders get a couple of toes clipped off, uh, supposedly from blood clots from the vaccine or whatever. I mean, we haven't seen anybody drop over dead or anything. So we're being appeased here. These guys got the uh, sailing solution or whatever, you know, and then we had a couple of rebels, which was Aaron Rodgers and that basketball player, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, we've been a piece completely. None of our college players fell over except for one Florida basketball player. He fell down in the middle of the floor. They carried his butt off. But that's the only one I've seen. So well, the number all around the rest of the world. Yeah, the number know? two golfer, I don't know if she's American or not, but she's now, her career's finished. Uh, yeah, the number done. two, that's really a tragic thing. And But yeah, I even me, I was expecting last year and into this year, not last year, but I guess this year, to see the hockey players going down, to see more baseball players going down. There have been some baseball players that have suffered performance issues, you know, but not really tragic to where they're collapsing on the field. And uh, I expected to see hockey to go down because hockey is such a cardiovascular intense sport. You know, you're out there for, what, 30, 40, 50 seconds of nonstop push on your heart, and we didn't see any hockey players really go down, and that surprised me, quite frankly. So in some respects, yeah. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Yeah, I'm just saying, in some respects, yeah, you're right. We didn't see what the rest of the world is seeing. Soccer has just been absolutely, you know, they've had superstars going down, even, you know, into into like football club Barcelona, um, national clubs. I mean, football has been absolutely eviscerated by this thing. And tennis, of course, uh, we saw last, what, a couple of weeks ago, 15 players not finishing. So yeah, yeah you're even right. the ball boy went down. <laughs> really, we did see a we. I did see a basketball ref go down. <laughs> you know, uh, oh, I saw him fall flat on his back. Yeah, we've had 111 pilots die this year uh, so far. There was one pre-pandemic. There was two 2020, and we've had 11 so far, or 111 since they rolled out the vaccine. So it's obviously it's a high-risk proposition to fly aircraft nowadays. If you're going to fly with these jet pilots, you know, you're looking at a high-risk situation. They may just go down. You know, we got a lot of small aircraft falling out of the sky still. Yeah, we've heard about some crashes around this neighborhood that are just un- unheard of. Uh, even car crashes and car stuff. Crashes. I mean, the guy that brings me to work in the morning, uh, he drove like a grandma today in a 40 mile an hour he's going 25 cars are passing him i'm like okay whatever and he's done this before and there's times when he almost killed me one time and this guy's been vaccinated (laughs) 
he's gotten everything and is like, I don't know if I can ride to work with you anymore. Mm. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, wor- the world's gone crazy. People are taking these jabs. They're still taking these jabs and people are even getting the boosters. And what's funny is several of them I've gotten on TikTok or whatever and boosted. Hey, I got the booster. I got the booster, blah, blah, blah. And two days later, oh, she died. You know, I don't I don't understand the the need. You know, I look at these various travel vlogs, you know, how to travel, you know, different rules and regulations to various countries cuz, you know, being an expat that's kind of a a thing you want to have some exit strategy always ready to go so you're looking at what's going on. And it amazes me how many people go into these comment sections and triple jabbed here, double jabbed with Pfizer, one with AstraZeneca. Oh boy. I, I don't understand <laughs> these freaking people. You're grown adults and you don't know anybody on this board. I'm double jabbed with Pfizer, one with Moderna. Can I travel to your country now? I'm like, what the hell is the matter with you guys, man? You're acting like a bunch <laughs> of five year olds. And literally, that's who's running the world. You know, we're being held back by this five year old, six year old, mommy's going to protect me mentality. And of course, it's more sinister than that. But at the end of the day, that's the that's the ra- rationale behind it. You know, the government mommy thinks it's going to be able to protect everybody. Oh, don't go outside; you might catch up COVID. You know, it's it's so absolutely <laughs> insanely stupid that we're dealing with this as okay, adults. Okay, so so that that gets me back to my point. Then is this stupidity because we really have a lot of people that are not thinking out there? I mean, they're falling for this. Uh, Heather has two mommies bullshit. Uh, excuse me. I'm sorry. All this, all this drag queen story time stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, this Biden who can't figure out who he's at. I just saw a video of him the other day or today, maybe he turned around from the podium, put his hand out like he was about to shake somebody's hand. And then he didn't know where to go. You know, I mean, this is the guy who's supposedly the head of the free world. Well, it's well, not so free anymore, but... <laughs> and it also tells us, because let's be honest, Biden's doing nothing. You know, he's the front guy to do whatever. And apparently yeah. he is a massive uh, head of a criminal family, you know, organized crime family it, from all, by all indications, very big into everything that ills really the elites, which is pedophilia, drugs, you name it, you know, money laundering. This family is like kingpins, along with probably Hillary Clinton at this at this game. So, but the people underneath it that are pushing these people forward is un, unheard of. And I know you saw Obama coming out what just a couple of days ago at the White House to celebrate "quote unquote" Obamacare, something to that effect. Yeah. And the and really, I, I kind of agreed. I was on a show yesterday with Dude Guy with. Um, with Chicago Brew on Chicago Brew's show, and so I, dude guy, another guy, dude guy. I guess he's a he's a co-host here on the Deacon John show or something like that. Before this show on Thursdays, it runs uh, five to six p.m. every day. Uh, good guy. I mean, really, he had some really good points. And one of the points he said too was, you know, they brought Obama out to just to assure everybody, hey, look, I'm still on the team. I'm still calling the shots. Don't worry yeah. about it because we've got this under control. And really, I think uh, Andy, they don't have it under control. I think we're winning in more ways than we are really willing to admit yet. Simply because we haven't seen a composite victory yet, I think we're getting lots of victories all over the place. Frankly. 
Well, I'll, I'll leave you with this, Veg. Uh, I think um, they're just trying to strong arm us, and they think that we're is dumb enough to fall for all this stuff. But what they failed to do is they should have dropped the whole damn uh, uh, trap on us when they could, when we were all submissive, wearing masks, and, and letting our kids be taught this stuff without even knowing it. You know, all this, they should have just dropped it on us, whatever it is they're going to do to get us all in line because the way i'm seeing it it is going to take them at least till 2030 to get this this thing to where they want it to go and the only way it's going to go there is them eliminating their opposition which will be people like you and myself and the listeners and people on other radio networks that are talking about this stuff we'll be the opposition and we're going to be the first ones gone and many people are targeted. I, there used to be some shows on uh, another network that uh, that was about targeted individuals and stuff and, and how it was increasing and stuff. And so this is a real thing. These people have some technology, something that thinks that they can get through this somehow, you know, and do what they want to do, whether we defy them or not. And I'm worried about the space program and the 5G. That's my big question there. Well, again, uh, it's just education, man. That's that's really where we're at now. You know, America's in this really funny limbo. It's too soon to start shooting, but it's too late to realize you're probably going to have to shoot your way out of this. You know what I mean? You you know yeah, it's coming, yeah. <laughs> but you know you can't. It's not now. It's just not now. And but the reality is, is that if things don't improve on the political front, there is no way out of this because they are just stealing and cheating. They don't respect any rule of law. So okay, when there's no rule of law, there's no rule of law. That means brute force has to win, because that's what they're using now is just brute force. When you can, you know, jail people, and, and you can't. Yeah, you can't rule out the food thing coming up here too, because that's going to be severe. People mowing their crops under because they got paid a lot of money. People paid not to even grow crops. Mm. Uh, all the bought farms from yeah, and, Bill Gates and uh, BlackRock and, and all this stuff. Yeah, and my point on all of these issues is that American, as Americans, we should understand our country is infiltrated with an enemy. And so when we see policies that go against food security for the American people, that is an act of treason. One of your very first, you know, growing up as a kid, I don't know about you, but, you know, you go to Sunday school, and one of the things you were always, I, at least in my classes, we were always taught was about the seven years of feast and famine, and that it is so important for nations and families and communities to prepare for those years of famine. And... We have a policy where they aren't just not preparing for it, but they are, as you say, physically creating conditions that will create famine or potential famine or at least, or at least even reduced, um, let's just say, health because of less food in the, in, the, in the market. So when we look at these policies, those decisions are made by real people. And who are they? Who are they? And then again... When we start to see economic carnage, they have to be gone after. Again, these are parts of the revolution, the awakening of the republic. These people have to be dealt with. Whether you shame them out of existence, you get rid of them through some policy system, whatever you do, they're enemies of the people. You don't pay farmers 
to plow under crops at a time when essentially everything is almost impossible to reduplicate because of pricing. You just can't do that. That is pure malice against the nation. It's treason. And we should be focused and speaking in these terms. It is treason. Same as what they're doing in California with the uh, Air Resources Board. You're going to mandate an economic policy which says you take all the trucks after 2011 off the road, which means that essentially you're going to take 70% of the trucks off the road in a choke point, which is now Long Beach, Los Angeles Harbor, so that nobody can get anything out of there. Those decisions are treasonous because they are well, affecting hey, you the know, entire... I, yeah. yeah, I know a little bit about that because my boss is a truck driver. He lives in California, and there is a loophole in that. The only problem is it doesn't work on the ports or whatnot. As long as he's, a, he's an interstate truck driver, so if you're an... State truck driver, so they're really giving issues to the uh, to the yeah because he's been buying trucks left and right. Most of his are like 2015, 2017, and I've got a whole bunch. The yard where I stay at, I'm the guard here. Uh, there's several, several, plenty of trucks out there that run just fine that don't fit the needs for California. But there is that little loophole if you're just running interstate because he does have some older trucks on the road that live in California and they're still bringing stuff to Texas. So, you know, there is some sort of a loophole, but I don't think the port has that loophole. And that's probably why we're not getting a whole lot of uh, that stuff coming in off of those ships in there because they've made it impossible to deliver it. And that's just California's rules. That's not national. So Newsom is being, he's just doing his part in the part of Whitmer and the part of what our, our little buddy in the wheelchair down here did when his first part, DeSantis is playing a, a whole nother role. This is the way I see the world as a stage. DeSantis is playing a role. Maybe going to make a presidential bid or be the VP or whatever, and, because nothing ever gets better when any of this stuff changes, when anybody gets in that seems interesting or, or has ideals, but you know, they talk a lot. And then when they get in there, then they find out if, if they didn't already know that, no, I already got a game plan, you know, because most of these people are related anyway. This is a fallacy in the world here. This is not the way the world was supposed to be. But somehow, some way, they found a way to manipulate us. And a lot of it has to do with the TV. And I know I say this all the time on other radio shows and stuff. The TV has played a severe role in uh, hypnotizing the, the family, telling you, you know, as, as the TV progresses, so does the family, you know. In these these shows that they're showing and stuff as the shows you know progress to having uh, crazy children and and broken up families and stuff. So does the people. It's it, that's because they keep playing shows like that and they're progressively getting worse. You know, Adam Twelve was a show, and then all of a sudden you got Miami Heat, where they don't have to have a war. And you know what I'm saying? So they get everybody progressed to that, and then we all submit to that. So the TV is a seriously big role in this. And I'm sorry, I'm ranting. Yeah. I appreciate well, okay. your time there. All right. It's a, it's a good rant. So, Andy, thanks so much for the call there. And Andy, of course, is out in Texas, a big caller to the various different shows there, apparently by his own admonition or ad- admission there, not admonition, admission there. Uh, let's see. Let's move out to real quick to just Saren. Uh, um, you know, what's, what we see happening across 
the political divide is this layer of hypocrisy by the leadership, whether it's uh, uh, Jacinda Adairn, whether it's Boris Johnson, whether it's Justin Trudeau, whether it's, well, Biden's gone, forget Biden, whether it's uh, Morrison, uh, I think Morrison or something like that in New Zealand or some of these other health officials or whatever the case may be, there is just massive amounts of hypocrisy where they're calling out things like it's not, you know, we, we, we can't have, let's say, um, the protest because this is all selfish and we can't be bullying people around. And these are essentially the same people that bullied people to go get, quote-unquote, jabbed with an experimental product that either A, harmed or killed them. David Seymour has met with some of the so-called leadership of this um, protest. Do you think that emboldens the protesters and do you think it's a responsible thing to do? No, I don't think it was a responsible thing to do for a party that purports to be the champion of law and order or indeed uh, businesses to meet with those who are obstructing Wellingtonians from going about their everyday lives, bullying and harassing people who are trying to go to school or work. I trusted the government and then I was forced to, to take this because I was losing my job. If we weren't coerced and brainwashed into getting these vaccines, he could still be alive. If we weren't forced into making a choice between our jobs, incomes and livelihoods, he could still be alive. Bullying and harassing people. If you want summer, if you want to go to bars and restaurants, get vaccinated. If you want to get a haircut, get vaccinated. Bullying and harassing people. If you want to go to a concert or a festival, get vaccinated. If you want to go to a gym or a sports event, get vaccinated. Obstructing Wellingtonians from going about their everyday lives. If you are not vaccinated, there will be everyday things you will miss out on. People, uh, people like that, that's Jacinda Adairn. Jacinda Adairn, I think it's somewhat of a tranny there equally uh, to make these type of statements equally, you know, no bullying. And uh, while we were bullying you around, everything was A-OK. But uh, once you start to push back, gee, it's you, you shouldn't be bullying. Again, these people literally in a very real way should perhaps even be strung up, literally hung for crimes against humanity, against their countries for the harm they have caused. The, the way that they get in your face with their hypocrisy is absolutely astounding that they even can even attempt to do that. Let's run out to the phones real quick. Uh, 727, Eric code. Hi, welcome to Inside the Eye Live. Primetime. Yeah, that's... Hey. Earl, um, Getting to... Uh, hey, how you doing? Good, 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 man. Um... Getting back to what you were saying about uh, the Stu Peters and the, and the venom, snake venom in the water, that reminds me of the time when uh, I had that run-in with Gates. When I went back to my boss, my boss said, uh, he told me that he wanted to put rattlesnake venom in the water. And he said, I haven't even taken a drink out of the water machine since he's been here. Now, I don't know what that means, that he's figured out a way to do that or he's done that, but that was something that he said that he had mentioned. So, I don't wow. know. I don't know if there's any validity to, the, to that or not. But So, you actually so. had a conversation with Bill Gates, and he said to you that he wanted to put rattlesnake poison 
or venom in the water? No. Okay. After you you recall when I called you yes. in about a year ago okay, yes. when I told you about my run in with Bill Gates. Yes. Correct. Correct. Okay. Well, when I went to my boss over it, that's what my boss said that ah. said to him. Oh, okay. So, so it's hearsay, but uh, certainly from a reliable source for you. For me, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's when I went to my boss over the situation, I had no idea who this person was, and I had no idea why he was being nasty like that. So when I went to the boss to ask him, you know, what the, do you know something here? Is there a plot against me at this company or what? Or is, you know, what, what's going on here? Because he had just, Gates had just showed up only a couple of days earlier. And uh, then that's when my boss started telling me all these different things. And uh, he didn't like Gates at all. And uh, that's one of the things he said. He talked about Gates wanted to put rattlesnake venom in the water. He had talked to him about that. And that he said to me, he said, I haven't taken a drink out of the water machine since he's been here. Wow. So, Earl, we're going into a break. So, you want to hang over or we can go? It's the Fetch, everybody, Inside the Eye, live primetime, back with more right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's the Fetch, Inside the Eye, live primetime, right here on Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com, the number one listener-sponsored and supported radio network going out there today. So if you would uh, be so kind, don't forget to keep Revolution Radio in your sponsorship um, uh, wishes or thoughts or whatever, <laughs> whatever you want to call that, man. But uh, you can make your way over to freedomslips.com or revolution.radio and go to their support page and find different ways you can support the network. If you like this show, clearly support the network because, frankly, it's your network. Uh, you may not like all the shows, but there's a lot of good stuff out there, a lot of stuff you may not like, but that's okay. 80-some-odd hosts, you can't have 100% what you like. That's for darn sure. So support what you like. Uh, it's worth a little bit every month, every quarter, every year, whatever the case you want to do. But definitely do something to support the network because, frankly, we can't be doing this show without a network. It's kind of simple. You know, there's uh, lots of crazy stuff going on out there, of course, with the vaccines. Uh, they're very dangerous, you know, with this new thing coming out with the, the snake venom. You had Earl there saying that uh, his boss uh, back 20-some-odd years ago met with um, Bill Gates personally, literally had a conversation with Bill Gates, was creeped out by the guy. And apparently Bill Gates told uh, this supervisor of Earl's that uh, Bill Gates wanted to put uh, – uh, rattle, rattlesnake venom in, in the water supply. And now we're finding that uh, that is indeed what maybe is going on into, if you, you're to believe the stupiders of the world, that they are putting some of this into the water supply, that they're putting it into various foods now, the way they're, you know, the way it's being processed into foods. And of course, they put it into the vaccines now, these Moderna slash Pfizer slash uh, uh, AstraZeneca J&J vaccines. Another interesting thing about the vaccines is that, you know, when you look at what's going on, add in the nanotechnology, which other people from Spain to now Australia, perhaps even Japan, but certainly Australia and Spain have talked about the nanotechnology, equally some reported in the United States. You know, the idea is this thing is almost alienish, and there was a, a nurse or a doctor or something on a Stu Peters show recently saying that essentially, no, the vaccines are being written by AI, that this is actually, they've got some 40,000 different 
vaccines and poisons and all these things. And AI is the one actually writing these various formulations. And who knows the truth? Frankly, we're just kind of throwing things out there because, frankly, we don't know the truth, but we want to keep our eyes and ears open for whatever potentialities may be out there. And the only way you do that is by at least vocalizing them and, and acknowledging that it's possible. It doesn't mean it's it's true. doesn't mean that it's 100%, 50% even. Uh, possible is just possible until you eliminate the possibility. I think that's uh, how hypotheses work. You throw out your hypothesis, and then you go out of your way, and then you prove it. You know, in uh, Australia, they've been having a lot of discussions on national TV as of late regarding the vaccines. And a lot of it is having to do with the sports world. They had a very big star of theirs. I don't know. His, I don't know the club if it's uh, Australian rules football or if it's uh, what do you call it um, uh, rugby. I'm not sure. But the guy's name is Ollie Wines, and he went out this past week. Had to be subbed out. Uh, he's a big star on a big club, and that club just got clobbered. Literally, just an embarrassing defeat. And then you come to find out that his mother is basically known as the vaccinator. So she is like the primary vaccinator. So even though he said that everything is okay, uh, I'm fine. It has nothing to do with the vaccine. Come to find out that there is obviously a conflict of interest there because his mother is involved in, once again, she's called the vaccinator, man. She's vaccinated over 100,000 people. So uh, her son went down again, a superstar, I think rugby player, but don't quote me on, on what sport that is. But that was making big rounds this past weekend on Australian television on the weekend news shows or whatever the case may be because hey that's one of their biggest stars going down let's run out to the phones real quick uh 281 I believe that would be uh Bruce in Texas hi welcome to inside the iLive prime time yeah you're correct sir good evening yeah how are you I'm doing okay I'm gonna make it quick there uh short and sweet you know uh I want to ask you a question. If a female teacher in Saudi Arabia was teaching little boys on how to be gay, what would happen to her? Uh, she would lose her head. You don't have to no, answer. She would, no, she would lose her head. Because they, exactly. don't to, they don't tolerate that type of stuff here. They don't tolerate. Now, mind you, everybody, Saudi Arabia, they're not going to admit it, but it's a hugely homosexual society, you know, with the, the way it was for the last three, four, five, ten, hundred 100 generations where they segregated the sexes, it created this homosexual society that is subsurface. Everybody knows that everybody knows what's going on. However, if you're going to be out there promoting this like that, there's a high probability that you would lose your head for that. You're not going to corrupt yeah, somebody else. You're not going to corrupt somebody else's child. It's not your right. It's not your business. That's not your child to corrupt. It's a moral issue, and they're not going to tolerate this type of immorality. Now, I'm obviously not a scholar in in the laws here or anything of that nature, but I can imagine it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you could draw an analogy between the Catholic Church when they went uh, to celibacy for priests and in that underground uh, culture that they have there, homosexuality. I mean, it, it, you know, men yes, and women actually uh, want to be together, you know. And if you deprive them of that, they uh, they seek other other remedies, you know. But, yes. uh, yeah, that's the answer I, I thought you would give. 
and it just it just blows my mind how the 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 Edwin Bernays um, type of brainwashing has gone on here in the United States. It's incredible how they, they turn these women into uh, abusers, and they think they're helping children. You know, there was a there was a protest in front of the the uh, Texas Capitol of uh, child protective services workers protesting uh, the the uh, rolling back of you know restriction of of teaching little children on how to be gay. You know, it's like well, and and my CPS point is to protect I, the kids with the CPS again. You know? Well, my point here is again the tough tough shit. With all due respect, tough shit. They're not your kids. Shut the hell up. And in fact, we should even double down, triple down, quadruple down, and put these people out of business. CPS, put them out of business. They, they, their, their, their whole purpose of existing uh, essentially is what for grooming and child trafficking or what? Okay, we don't need that in our society. We already know about all the kidnapping at CPS and what they do and the integral role they play in grooming and child sac—not child sacrifice, but child trafficking. So hey, uh, my point here at this stage: double down, tough shit, guys. With all due respect, tough shit to you. Excuse my language, but enough's enough. We've been bullied and pushed around by these people for the last 20, 30, 40 years. Enough is enough. You see where it leads everybody. It leads everybody to basically a point to no return where nothing can grow. And, and that's not what life is about. If you're going to destroy and create a barren desert, a la Jewish Sukkos, then we don't need it. We don't need it. Go, go build your society by yourself without us as your chattel. It's very simple. And if you don't like it, again, yeah. tough, you know what. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Fetch. All right. Thanks so much, Bruce. That's Bruce, everybody out in Texas. Uh, we were talking about the Ollie Wines case. Uh, Ollie Wines, again, being the superstar player in uh, Australia going down this past weekend. But it's a lot worse than that because what's happening in Australia is they are having this huge problem with just keeping buses on the highway going in a straight path. And so they've had this spate of bus crashes in Australia. And the the funny thing about all this is they're always like, they can't explain it. It was the latest in a number of accidents involving buses on Sydney's roads this year. 7 News understands that it wasn't caused by wet weather, but by the driver suffering a medical episode. And and then, of course, then couch is nobody knows why. Gee, nobody knows why. And and you have to ask yourself, why don't you know why? No matter what happens out there in the medical world, they want to sit there and pretend to you that nobody knows why. We just can't figure out, oh, my gosh, it's just a mystery why so many athletes are going down. Here is, uh, uh, what is her name here? I don't have it. I think she is the health official, Yvette Diarth. She is a the Queensland Health Minister, talking about, for instance, all the Code 1s, which I guess is some type of emergency medical rollout role of a paramedics unit. And listen to this absolute idiot. These people are freaking morons, yet they're in positions of power. But it is really interesting. You know, I don't think anyone can explain why we saw a 40% jump in Code 1s. And I've I've seen that as I've traveled around the state sometimes. I'll walk into an ambulance service. How can you be the head of your freaking medical uh, establishment there, your health minister, and you're going to tell us that you're too freaking stupid to have an idea why there's a 40% increase? And it's not just one day, but it's persistent day in and day out? 
Are you really trying to tell us that as a health minister, you are that freaking stupid? Are you that stupid? I mean, you're talking to, you look in this person's eyes, all right? And this is the health minister of Queensland, Australia. You're looking at someone that has got glossed over eyes. She looks like she's a five-year-old. I mean, as far as her, her facial expressions, she's so stupid. I don't know anything. Oh, please help me. I'm your boss. I'm the Queensland Health Minister. And she's like, well, we can't figure out why 40% of our ambulances are running code ones nowadays. Again, it's gaslighting. It's trying to normalize the damage that she and her idiotic, stupid, corrupt, criminal policies put into play. It's plain and simple. And they'll say, we had a 30% increase in code ones yesterday. Can't tell you why. We just had a lot of heart attacks and chest pains and trouble you know, breathing, respiratory issues. Oh, gee, we had all these. See what I mean? How stupid. Again, it's gaslighting. At this stage, we are in a condition where the pharmaceutical companies. Sometimes you can't explain why those things happen, but unfortunately. Yeah, so we're in a situation now where the government agents for the pharmaceutical companies, the advertising companies, the media, what are they trying to, and I swear, you look at this girl, you just want to pop, walk up and just pop her upside the head and say, you know what, you need to wake up, woman. You're, if you're going to be the health minister, you need to wake up and become a grown-up adult and deal with the reality of the problems we have here. Or, or maybe you're just a criminal and we should hang you today. Try you for crimes against our people and hang you today. Because that's almost what it's going to take to get rid of these people. I can't believe they're trying to normalize. Oh, gee, we just got a lot of heart attacks, uh, chest pains, difficulty in breathing, stomach problems. Everything that's going on with this known side effects to this criminal vaccine that they imposed and forced on everybody. And they're going to tell us, oh, gee, can't, we can't get it. So that's where we're at today. See, here's what they did. And I'm talking about big pharma. They successfully normalized autism. They did it. They, uh, nowadays, people are autistic, autistic and nobody really blinks an eye about it. Yeah, it's one in every 35 boys, one in every 50 child, something like that. But nobody blinks an eye about it because they normalized autism. Now what are they trying to do? They're trying to normalize the damage that this vaccine is going to be causing over the next two to three to four to five years, and especially probably in the next year to year and a half. And, of course, you can't let them do that. You have to hold them responsible. All of us have to hold them responsible. I don't know about you, what, where you're at, what your station is, but listen, we talk. We influence. We educate. We don't stand still and just allow things to happen. Every day, every day, educate somebody. Every day, influence somebody. Every day, draw attention to the various hypocrisies going on out there. Every day, try to make the world just a little bit better. Every day, try to support this idea that the good of this world should defeat what is exceedingly evil, knowing that this evil is exceedingly entrenched and difficult to dislodge. But how can we stand by otherwise and say nothing? Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, the... Most, I don't know, um, memorable or let's just say influential words come from 
who knows who, and not a whole lot really has to be said. Why do the protected need to be protected from the unprotected by forcing the unprotected to use the protection that didn't protect the protected in the first place? All right, I don't know how she wrote that. But that was good. <laughs> that was actually pretty good. That's actually, it looks like uh, maybe a, a light-skinned black woman, but uh, very well done, lady. Very, very well done. Uh, let's see. You've got Miss, uh, I think, no, was it Naomi Wolf? I think Naomi Wolf. If you watch any of Steve Bannon, I honestly, I don't watch or listen to Steve Bannon. But I will catch a few highlights if I kind of think the guest is okay. And one of the guests that he does have on that I do like is this gal by the name of Naomi Wolf. And she was on a recent show saying, hey, look, the conspiracy, the criminal conspiracy that we're seeing just in the United States, okay? The United States. And that's something that we Americans should be focused on is the United States. You guys in the UK, you got your problems. Same down there, down under. You're all listening to this show. Some, I know a lot of you listen to the show. We all have our problems. We got to focus on our unique circumstances. Inside the United States, you know, Naomi Wolf is talking about arresting arresting hundreds of people inside the CDC, arresting hundreds of people inside the FDA. This is on, again, a very mainstream uh, dissident, I guess we can call Bannon a dissident or uh, opposition uh, radio show. And to hear this type of language, again, being spoken clearly, to the American people is absolutely critical. It's no longer being done on the fringe shows, which we don't believe we were all that fringe ever, but it's still a, uh, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a niche show. It's not a fringe show. It's a niche show. And so to hear this idea of arresting hundreds of people, and she called out Rochelle Walensky directly, that Rochelle Walensky should be arrested. Now, here's the problem. And it should not be a problem, but here's the problem. Americans have this, I don't know what you want to call it, but they have this uh, blinder, and blinder is not a good word for it, but they have this blinder, they have this reticence, they have this fear, perhaps, of charging Jews, of going after people in the Jewish community. They do from time to time. We'll see some arrests. We'll see some trials. And yes, some Jews do get put away and they deserve to be put away. But for instance, to give an example of this, you had this Rosenkreutz guy. Rosenkreutz was the guy that tried to shoot uh, Kyle Rittenhouse. Okay? And then he had his arm blown off, basically. He had his muscle meet, basically his muscle torn apart. His tendons just wiped out so he couldn't pull the trigger. Now, Kyle Rittenhouse has been found innocent. It's all been basically done. But why wasn't Kyle Rittenhouse, or why, why wasn't this Rosencruz Jewish kid arrested and tried for murder? Because that's what was clearly on, on the video. Why? Because he's Jewish. See, because he's Jewish, Americans, for the most part, don't have an indignation. They're afraid to speak up about going after clear Jewish criminality. 
What this does is enable Jews to believe that they are free to do whatever crimes they want because they're above the law, because Americans won't prosecute. Certainly one of the greatest criminals we have right now in America is Rochelle Walensky. She is supposed to be an supposed to supposed to okay put that in big quotation marks but but the cdc is theoretically supposed to be an impartial repository of information about disease control but in fact it's a weaponized system working against the american people involved in a massive cover-up to poison the american people with a jewish product known as mrna technology and of course we see the damage that has befallen that. Now here's Miss Walensky speaking when she was first speaking and expounding the virtues of Tony Fauci, of her buddy Borla at Pfizer and the rest of the Jews creating this wonderful poison they call a COVID vaccine. Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick, um, and, and that it's not just in the clinical trials, but it's also in real world data. Again, this was clear lying to the American people as a public policy official. Lying, straight up, looking in the camera, lying to the American people with a malice intent to justify rolling out a deadly product that she knew was deadly. This is a crime no matter how you cut it. She is participating in mass murder of American citizens. And by extension, because so many countries don't have mature, intelligent health officials, they're just a bunch of children collecting a salary apparently, they go out and they believe a Rochelle Walensky as if somehow they're not smart enough to get that this is a freaking agenda-driven Jewess who doesn't give a damn about anybody but the profits of Pfizer. And seriously, that's a serious problem. When around the world, you got basically children running the health officials or health ministries because they're not smart enough to understand that there's real conspiracies out there in the medical world. They'll just do whatever the CDC says because, hey, I believe this is, I believe Michelle Walensky. Yeah, I, I, Jews never lie. They're not, they're not that smart. They haven't figured that part out yet, apparently. But to hear Naomi Wolf on Steve Bannon's show saying that she should be arrested, and absolutely she should be arrested, Deborah Burks, Tony Fauci, Bill Gates, Soros, Hillary Clinton, all these people should be arrested. But it shouldn't be behind the scenes because you hear all this, you know, conspiracy stuff rolling on out there in the real world. Oh, Bill Gates has been arrested. Deborah Burks has been arrested and tried and executed in Guam. And you hear all these different stories going on out there. But you know what? It needs to be public, guys. It needs to be public. There needs to be a public reckoning. And it has to be in the hundreds and perhaps even the thousands within the medical industry itself. You cannot sit there and have an organized institutional pillar of the United States collectively conspiring together. Well, I just conspire. It's just collective, right? Sometimes my language gets a little off, guys. Anyways, but conspiring together 
to murder Americans. Borla should be arrested. Again, what's this crap about an emergency use authority for what? To go murder people? You give them an EUA to go murder people? I don't think so. And what we see happening today is, again, the normalization of the crimes that these people are committing. Oh, gee, I don't know why. We have an uptick of 40% people dying from chest, from a heart attacks. We don't know why we're seeing so many teenagers dying of heart attacks. Oh, it's, it must be so confusing. You're in the frickin' midst of a main ongoing trial, all right? This is a medical experiment. Every single person who took that vaccine should be followed up entirely, and every single person should be monitored entirely, and every single person should be documented what is happening. It's the Fetch inside the Ally Primetime, back right after this. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. It's the Fetch inside the Eye live, intelligent. Well, actually, it's inside the Ally Primetime, isn't it? Hey, if you're new to the show, first of all, I hope you're enjoying the show. Thanks for listening. Again, we go out live every Thursday, 6 o'clock p.m. to 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern, right here on Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. And we have our flagship show, which will be Saturday, 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern to 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern. Uh, that's USA time for those of you out there on the international thing. Make Eastern USA Eastern your Zulu and calculate from there. Because uh, if you like the show or enjoy what you're listening to, uh, certainly come back and check it again. To those of you in the chat room, again, I see a couple new names. Thank you for joining us there in the chat room. That's at InsideTheILive.com. Click on that live chat button. That will get you in the door. And telephone lines, if you'd like to phone into the show again, we have a generally open telephone policy, 323-275-1314. That's 1323-275-1314. You know, Aussie guy in the chat room, again, thanks for joining us. Obviously, I know it's early morning for you, actually, where you are. It's not so bad for you. It's early morning. But he had a very astute comment in the chat room, and you will often get some pretty good comments in the chat room if you follow along. And he said, you know, the the rattlesnake poison or the snake poison or the venom in the water supply is a red herring. It kind of like diverts from the graphene oxide, which is for sure in the product. And the graphene oxide, of course, is, as we know, causing huge problems, or at least we believe is causing huge problems equally. So that was actually a very good point. So what I did is I went out and I looked up the OSHA standards. And I said, all right, that's fine. Let's look at what OSHA has and what is considered to be a dangerous substance, a dangerous dangerous chemical or substance. And I'm going down, you've got, these are chemicals largely, but you have dichloroacetylene. Again, these are the chemicals, D.4- denitroaniline, ethylene nitride. But I'm thinking, you know, shouldn't graphene oxide be included in this list as a dangerous chemical or dangerous or hazardous substance? And then it's, it's distribution tightly, con- tightly constrained. You know, if you want to know if graphene oxide is this big secret ingredient for, let's just say, 5G slash AI rewiring of the body through the graphene oxide nanotechnology, you put it on an OSHA list. Put it on a a tightly controlled substance list to where it cannot be distributed, 
and then watch how the vaccine companies and the shills out there in the medical industry go berserk. And then at that stage, you would know that, yes, this is a very important ingredient to their plan. All you need to do is restrict them in what they want to do, whether it's groom your children, uh, peddle their pornography, whatever the case may be, do the child trafficking, whatever it is, uh, open the borders, whenever you restrict these demons in anything. And that's what I consider them to be. I consider them not really to be humans, but possessed human, let's just say demons possessing a human body. And anytime we do something to restrict their capability or ability to do something, you will always see them lashing out in a most vicious and vitriolic fashion. Pay attention to it. Anytime you see them restricted, watch how they react. And you're going to see nearly this demonic thing. And it, it seems to be well within the liberal side of society, this far leftist side. And you know, there's a little esoteric. I'll break off of the politics for a second. We'll get into a little bit of esoterics. You know, we have this in our construct, this philosophical construct. And whether you're a Christian or some other religion, it matters not because these are like adumbrations or shadows of the same construct. And this is this idea that we as a, as a human family, if you want to call it that, as its aggregate family, but at least those of us who have had, let's just say, a higher philosophical reasoning, part of our construct is this idea that we're all kind of drowned. You know, we're, we've been deluged by this big flood. And it makes its first appearance in this tablet called the Epic of Gilgamesh in tablet number 11. And it basically is this Enlil is basically the Jehovah of the Bible. And he causes the great flood. And Isis, who is one of the great goddesses, Ishtar back then, or Isis would be her name to, to, to modern people, she says to him, it says, what have you done? Why didn't you consult the rest of us? Now forever my people shall be drowned as if in the sea. And that is this idea now of the Savior gods, like a Jesus and a, a, a Herms, and not necessarily a Herms, but who are some of these other guys? I forget the names. There's so many out there. You'd think I, I just have been out of that scene for so long. I forgot all the names. But you have all these various, oh, Dionysos would be one of those, and not Demeter, but anyways, you have all these various Savior gods coming up through the ranks over the years. And that's this idea that once you are seized, seized, notice the letter C in there, you're stuck. You're not going to get out unless something comes and picks you up. You know, If you're in the sea, you are seized. And if you are seized, you're going to have to have somebody else come and rescue you. And that gives way to the idea of the Savior gods equally. Because the only way for mankind to rise up above the waves is to have some type of divine assistance to raise them up. Different societies over the years would do different ways of, of making this all work. Now, I forgot all my point in all this. There was actually a point in doing this story. So we have the Savior gods. But um, actually, I forgot my point, guys. I actually forgot the point. It's 3 in the morning. Sorry about that. 2.40 in the morning. Anyways, I feel good. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, let's see. The seas, the savory gods. I had a great story in there. So we're going to have to leave it. But the point here is that 
really I want to make here is that ultimately our construct is built on this idea that we're all drowned. Everybody wants to find a savior God. Everybody's looking to be redeemed somehow. And one of the ways in which we see it manifesting in politics is in this overt worship of Donald Trump, for instance. Now, I'm not saying all the Trumpists are worshiping the guy. The guy's done a lot of great goods, but let's be honest. He's made a lot of mistakes that have compounded where we are today. Now, some are going to argue to you that if Trump didn't allow all this to happen, you see, that's the worshiping side of the Trump, then nobody would have seen anything, and we'd still be where we are today if Trump had won. But we wouldn't know about all this corruption. All right, that's fine. The point then becomes is that you can't wait necessarily for your Savior God. There's another story about Savior Gods. And it's this guy, He there was a shipwreck, and the boat, sank and there were people in the water and a boat comes by and three people get on the boat and this guy says no 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 I believe in God I'm gonna I'm waiting here for God to save me don't worry I'll be okay so the boat drives away then they then there's a boat another boat comes by and he picks up uh, some more people and the guy says no no that's all right I don't need you it's okay Jesus you know God's gonna save me I don't need any help And so finally the third boat comes and he picks up all the last survivors and leaves this survivor here and the boat goes away and and the guy ends up drowning. He goes up into heaven and he says to God, hey God, I believed in you, man. I really believed in you. You know, I, 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 I turned away everything because I believed in you. And God says, you know what, you fool? I sent three boats to come save you and you refused to get onto any one of them. And that's the point here is that Make sure that when something does come to help pick you up, be aware of the opportunity and use it to further our advantage, which would be more of a nationalist advantage. We have, whether we like it or not, we have to defeat what we are faced with. Never in the history of, let's say, doing this show have we seen such an awareness. If you were watching or listening to this show 10 years ago, we were still talking about what we're kind of talking about today. It's just that nobody really understood it back then. It was so dark, it was a mystery. And then 2016 comes along, Trump comes in, and he starts talking about some of the same talking points. And eventually now everybody's talking about the fake news, and everybody talks about the 96% or the 94% of your media saying the same thing, but they won't say the damn pertinent truth, which is what? That 94% of the media is Jewish-derived. It's Jewish-owned. And that's the key point here. We have to start naming in a polite, professional, pragmatic, clear way as to where our problems are. You don't like open borders? Then open your eyes to the dozens and hundreds of Jewish organizations that are helping to flood your borders all across the Western, Western world. You don't like the fact that there's such high crime going on? Understand the Jewish Kalergi plan and what it means for the Western world in total. It is literally a plan to sub- submerge European civilization. And with all due respect, it's currently working. We're coming to a head. 
We have a government that lies to us, a government that does not have anything to do with justice, a government that basically steals the wealth of the country and launders it back to themselves. You have these medical establishments that are essentially killing people. You have a legal system that, again, does not practice any justice, an education system that does everything it can to do everything but teach in order to pervert and misdirect children into whatever direction these teachers deem those children should be going. And you know, it's a great evil. Honestly, it's a great evil to impose or create for a reality Let's say, let me try to word that better. It's a great evil for anyone to impose a reality on someone for which they should not have been directed. In other words, it is not for you as an influence person, let's say in my case, to send somebody into a place where they were never intended to go. And I did it just because I could. And that's the reality of what's happening in the Western world right now. All of these various influential positions, be it media, medicine, education, law, political, they're all involved in agendas that are creating realities for people for which they have no business sending people into. Why on earth, seriously, should we be all forced to run around in a mask like we're a bunch of morons? Why should we be fearful of a vex of a disease that doesn't even exist? Why should we have to cower sometimes and afraid to do things because of a, a we don't have a vaccine that they're mandating to everybody? They're imposing it on on everybody. It's it's highly sinister to create a condition in which you influence someone to become what they should not have been and they would not have grown into not naturally and that's the grooming element that we see in america today with the lgbtq community but you can't look at the lgbtq community without a firm understanding of its roots in jewish culture and that's where people especially americans typically turn away they don't want to deal with the fact that we are staring down the face of a culture that literally hates not just Americans, not just the West, but humanity in general. At what point, really, do you say to yourself, enough is enough? And then once you do say enough is enough, what is it that you can do without sacrificing yourself and making things worse? I can't answer that question for you. But it's certainly something that we have to focus on as we continue to move forward. Again, you are at war with with an enemy that literally hates you. And it is identifiable. It's not just the LGBTQ community. It is clearly, when you look into it, it is an offshoot of the Jewish community. And when we talked about Weimar, many, you know, Weimar Germany, one of the reasons for Weimar Germany was to defeat the LGBTQ community. And again, whenever you restrict these demons into, in, into a, a system where they're not able to just do whatever the hell they want, you will see them lash out. We saw it 
with what they did to Germany. We saw them lash out against Russians when they said no more grooming of our children. We see them lashing out right now, let's say, against Florida for passing the the no-groomer bill. Everywhere again that you look, you will find that these people are involved in sinister plots that are not expressions of just themselves, but create victims in other facets of society. You know, we have an old statement in our Western system. You probably heard of it. Do as you will, but just don't do any harm to people. Don't harm anybody. You know, free, express yourself freely. Allow your spirit to grow, to, to become vibrant and fresh, but don't harm anybody. And sure, you know, you're going to go through life and things happen where people get hurt. You know, this is part of life. But don't go out of your way to harm people. How hard is that? It's very hard if you're Jewish. Because their whole system relies on victimizing others because they believe they deserve to victimize you because they're a victim and you never had anything to do with these freaking freaks. It's strange, but that's actually how it works in their society. Just start to look at how they do things. You know, going back to Australia, you know, Australia, we're starting to see some positive movement in Australia. We had... uh, a member of their parliament, and I'm not sure his name here, but uh, he came out just this past week. Senator, his name is Senator Malcolm Roberts, and he was speaking in front of the Senate there in in Australia. And frankly, he was dropping a lot of great information. Again, this whole sinister criminal narrative that Jews and their media, again, it's not just the mainstream fake news, guys. It's Jewish-controlled media. That whole narrative, we it, it is collapsing, and we must continue to collapse it and then create the impetus to go on the counterattack to arrest people. Now, I know it's not easy, but these people are guilty of high crimes of treason and genocide at a level we have never seen clearly in the past 40, 50 years. Okay, maybe not. Maybe you can consider the Jewish guys, again, that did the fentanyl epidemic, okay, the opioid epidemic. So, again, but what can I say? It's still Jewish, right? And it's horrific medical harm and loss of life in that response. Last week, leading Australian parliamentarians came together in an event I organized called COVID Under Question to present documented evidence and victim testimony proving a catastrophic failure of Australia's regulatory framework. COVID vaccine injuries are hidden behind anonymous government data, while COVID virus supposed harm is splashed across prime time. The very least we can do for the victims of COVID vaccines is to say their names. Victims like Caitlin George, Georgia Gotts, a healthy and vibrant 23-year-old studying at Griffith University to become a vet while working as a horse strapper. Caitlin dropped dead at work of a heart attack following his second Pfizer shot. Her death was recorded as asthma, a condition Caitlin has never had. Reginald Lynn Shearer, a formerly healthy, fit and active man who quickly went downhill and passed away from effects that began after receiving the AstraZeneca vaccine. Daniel Perkins, a 36-year-old healthy father from Albion Park, who died of a heart attack in his sleep following his second Pfizer injection. 
Douglas James Roberts died after taking AstraZeneca. His family are concerned that his GP didn't warn him of the side effects of the vaccine. In other words, no informed consent was obtained. And that's really the issue here. We are dealing with a crime against humanity. And we can't stress it enough. Uh, you know, I, I keep wanting to leave, okay? And again, those who have been here in Saudi, for instance, just dealing with the day-to-day -day issues of what's going on, we have watched as colleagues and co-workers' health uh, slowly deteriorates. And not like we're hearing from this Senator Roberts here, but we have watched uh, our friends and colleagues slowly deteriorate. And all because there was never any informed consent, just shut up, go up, take your vaccine or else you can't go outside anymore. That type of thing. Pure coercion. It's a pure malice, pure evil. What are you afraid of? Again, you have to, you, you, there comes a point where the, the health officials should be drawn out, say, what the hell are you afraid of? What is it that you were afraid of? And again, let them know that an improper answer is just going to basically, and it was, it's, I, I know it's hard to say, but it, you're talking about a level of criminality that deserves capital punishment. And I'm, for like this guy, the last one he talked about was the GP didn't say anything. Again, it's a calculated system here. It is collusion at the highest. It's a conspiracy. Why is it, let's say, that the licensing boards are imposing gag orders on everybody? So, again, the licensing boards are enemies and should be dealt with in a way that is, that is uh, consistent with those who are, are committing crime, capital crimes as well as treason against the nation. Who in the hell are these medical, let's say, licensing boards to tell a doctor they can't talk? I'm sorry, but who the hell are you people? I'm so, Really, it's like, who the hell are you? And, and they should be called out openly and hounded openly. Who in the hell are you to tell people that they can't speak up? Since when did you become a little, little Napoleon or a, a little Stalin where you're just going to dictate to everybody what they can and can't say? I'm sorry, who the hell are you people? And they should be hounded everywhere they go until they freaking freak out, until they start to cower in their houses to where they're afraid to go outside because they are involved in a crime that killed people. Their willingness to comply because they were either paid off or they're just psychopaths or whatever the case may be, their entire actions resulted in the deaths and the maimings of tens of thousands and perhaps millions of people and perhaps even worse as time goes by, tens of millions of people. And they're supposed to like not be dealt with when they are the ones that told the pharmacist, you can't give out hydroxychloroquine. You can't do this. You can't do that. And everything that they said you couldn't do would have helped alleviate whatever virus was supposed to be there. So if you haven't figured out by now that the medical establishment is at war with the people, then seriously, you need to get up to speed pretty fast. You know, what's interesting is people around the world are really getting very, very educated now. And you have various health officials around the world still trying to peddle and play COVID as if nobody knows what's going on. And again, if the people are unable to rise up against those people, part of it's your fault, guys. You know, what I see going on in Shanghai is absolutely embarrassing. 
how terrible it must be to sit there and know that if you don't literally live on your knees, which is what's happening in Shanghai, they're literally living on their knees, that you will go to some type of quarantine camp or who knows where inside of China's gulags. And, and for me, it's a shame. America, we need to start making more stuff. We need to compete much better. I know myself, why, why do I go to China to buy things when I should buy from America because America doesn't make it or you're making it at four times the price. Competition, guys, we have to compete. We have to defeat this entire thing. Let the Chinese blow up their country for all we care at this stage. You want to sit there and play this COVID game like you're a bunch of tyrants? Okay, do it. But we need to cut ties with those people who are pushing this agenda. That includes the Israelis. That includes the American deep state. That includes Pfizer. It includes Big Pharma. It includes so many people out there. It's the Fetch. See you Saturday. Good night, everybody.